0: The world is a new place, and we're all making adjustments. It moves faster and changes direction more frequently than ever before. People feel stuck, unfulfilled, and lost in their lives. I hear this all too often. Where are the answers? Someone please just give me the answers. Well, what if I told you the answers are finally here? My name is Scott McDonald and I was once just like you. Join me on my process of personal development, pathway of success, and pursuit of happiness. For you see, my job isn't just to ask questions. My job isn't to just listen. My job is to ensure what happened to me does not happen to you. This is the Real Experience Student Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Scott McDonald. Today, I'm joined by a good friend of mine, Robbie Morris, who is back from his trip. Uh, sorry, not just trip, but he's back from his abroad uh, tenure in the UK, uh, where he's been currently working as a school teacher, um, you know, back here at uh, Barrie, Ontario, Canada, where the jobs for teaching aren't as uh, aren't as available as they are abroad in uh, in Europe. So he's here to talk us today about uh, his experiences there and uh, what it um, what got him to that start, and what got him to that place, and how he's doing now that he's back in the self isolation with the rest of us, Ravi? It's great to have you here, man. Yeah, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. So, uh, how's the you know 14 day tenure? You're on day 13, I believe you said earlier, and now uh, before we went live, and now here you are. You're just trying to uh, figure your life out back home after living in the UK for about
1: a year and a half. Yeah, yeah, it was like it was about a year, but uh, it's it's weird and uh yeah day 13 it's you know a lot of a lot of netflix a lot of taking naps um and just passing time any way i can but uh yeah no it's (laughs) in some ways it's good to be back but in other ways it's you know wish i was still there yeah definitely
0: what what was the uh you know what's the best cultural differences that you like being over there in the UK that compared to being, you know, growing up in Canada your whole life, like every part of their monarchy, but there are those big differences. Would you like that being over there?
1: Yeah. Um, I think one of the biggest differences for me was that, you know, I grew up in Barrie and Aurelia and it was always a fairly like small city. And then I went to London, which is a huge city and so much to do all the time. And, uh, you know, just everything in Europe is so much closer together. So you can travel like on weekends and things like that. It's nothing to just, you know, take a a plane or a train to somewhere else in Europe and, uh, you know, just casually go on little vacations here and there. And I think that was, you know, a huge part of the reason why I went over there and just like the biggest lifestyle difference from being there for sure. Yeah. Um, Well, you recently just went to
0: Morocco too, right? So like it, it's almost like it's common practice over there where it's like, Hey, do you want to go to a different country for the weekend? Yeah, sure.
1: Let's go. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that's it. Exactly. It's so easy and so cheap. Like, yeah, I went to Morocco for a week because the schools get uh, a week off in February. And I went down there. It was like, I think about 150 pounds round trip, which is like, you know, just over uh, like $250, I guess and uh like everywhere we stayed was dirt cheap and so you know the whole trip and everything would cost less than like if you were here to go to like Cuba or something for a week um but yeah it was down like in Africa and we went and like rode camels in the desert and stuff it was it was wild
0: yeah it's hard to believe you think when you're okay I'm going over here for my career uh to get that going and the next thing you know you're doing all these things that like we only see on discovery channel or in movies cause there's so much to do over in Europe and it's so close to Africa and Asia and everything. Um, it's, it's yeah. you know, not, not kind of like here where we say, okay, do you want to go away for a week? And you know, we'll go to the East coast or to BC and you know, the, the, the cost of living is basically the same and it's pretty much the same landscape that we can see here in Ontario. So let's go through, um, you know, we'll talk, get into more about what you've been doing over there, um, during your tenure. Uh, where did it all start for you, you know, your undergrad degree, you know, teachers college, finding the career. Take us through that process. What what was the, you know, initial stages uh, initial stages when you started your undergrad?
1: Um to be honest, at first like I didn't really know what direction I was going in like after high school, I went back cuz I didn't have enough like university credits to go to university right away, so I went back for another semester, got, you know, my grades upgraded and things like that. And then uh, still didn't really know what I wanted to do for sure. So I applied to like a bunch of college programs and like some, a couple at Lakehead and Aurelia that weren't teaching and decided to go that way. And, and uh, you know, my parents got that place up in Aurelia and I was renting from them and it was, you know, kind of got settled there. And then kind of after a year, I was like, well, I'm in like a interdisciplinary program where am I going with this? Like, what's, what's the end goal here? Cause eventually like I'm, this is going to have to turn into a career somehow. And teaching was always something I had kind of thought of, um, you know, since I was a kid, it's, you know, like you're in the classroom, you look up like, what could I do one day? I could be the teacher. Um, so it was always kind of there. And uh, then I d- decided to switch over to the teaching program. Cause it was essentially the same thing. You just tack on an extra year for uh, teacher's college. So then. As I kind of went through that, I I kind of, it became a lot more like real to me and a lot more like, you know, okay, this is something I actually could really enjoy doing. And I I, I think this is the way I want to go. And then, so, you know, I get there to the fifth year teacher's college and uh, somewhere along the way, I, I can't even say for sure. I had decided that one of the things I want to be able to do is travel and teach in other places because... Like you mentioned at the beginning, there there's not a lot of jobs around here right now for teachers. So, it a lot of people do that. It, you know, whether it's to the UK or to uh, like the Middle East or Asia, there's tons of the places where people go travel to teach just because they need teachers other places and there's too many teachers here. So I kind of got that idea in my head that it was like that's what I'm going to do once I graduate. I'm, that's where I'm going to go, um, and then. So I got to that last year of teachers college and they offered me to go into the master's program at Lakehead. And it was kind of like, well, no, like I don't want to do that. Cause I, I, you know, I'm going to go live in the UK. And then after, like, I thought about it for a couple of weeks and like, you know what, like I'm not going to go live in the UK then come back and do my master's after that. Like, I, I just won't have the motivation for that. So I stayed another like year and a half to do that. Um, kind of just postponed my whole, uh, Europe thing and then it got to uh was coming up on the end it was in December and I was thinking like you know now this is when I've got organized this is when I've got to get everything organized to go and then I kind of thought to myself you know uh maybe I'll just like I'll look for a job here and, and see and then like maybe go in in September because you know it was kind of like I don't know if it was kind of my motivation for that was kind of fading you know other people are like getting jobs and getting settled down and stuff like that and so uh i didn't really know exactly what i wanted anymore but then i was looking for a job and there's like nothing especially because like i still kind of had that idea at some point i wanted to go um so i was i wasn't that much luck finding a job and i just kind of said you know what i'm just gonna go just go like you know pack up everything go live in London and uh just see how that goes and it went really well so yeah that's kind of my my whole progression to to getting to that point of actually leaving.
0: So what was your actual degree and then that you did and then that propelled you to go to teacher's college so I'd like to you know kind of hear about that and then after that if you could go into detail kind of like what the teacher's college experience was like what were you learning when you were there?
1: Sure yeah so I was originally in a program called Interdisciplinary Studies, which uh, you, it's kind of like a double major. You, you have to pick two subjects that you're going to specialize in. And I picked psychology and sociology and, you know, really fascinating subjects and everything. But in terms of like applying them to a career, it's, uh, you know, you have to get a little more specific with that. And so when it came to Teachers College, so the program I was in was called um, Concurrent Education. So you're supposed to be getting your undergrad and your um, Bachelor of Education at the same time. So I had like some education courses sprinkled in to my like second, third and fourth years of university. And those were fairly light courses. It was like instead of twice a week, you would go once a week. And, you know, everything was really hypothetical because we weren't applying it anyway. We weren't actually going into a classroom and teaching kids at all. So it was very much like textbook learning about what teaching is um and then you get to that fifth year where it's like very focused on teaching now like all your classes everything it's it's basically teachers college right it's it's everything focused on on teaching and getting you into the classroom and giving you that practical experience so it was kind of like a whole new world getting to that that fifth year where it's like okay now like you've read things in books and, and things like that, but now like you're gonna be in the classroom, you're gonna be like making your own lessons and teaching them and we're gonna be evaluating you on that. And uh, so it was it was an intense year for a lot of people. I mean, like there were times that were really intense in terms of like workload and that, but also just the pressure they put on you that every, there's so many little details of things that you need to be getting right. And they'll try to catch you up on them if you're not, like they'll try to, pinpoint that like one thing out of like 10 things that you're doing that you're not doing quite right and they'll just like it stresses you out like crazy but I mean I got through a lot of people got through it was uh, it was an interesting year but uh, yeah no it was it was uh, you know it was tough but uh, got me where I needed to go (laughs) So like, w- what would be the what's the difference between the route that you took
0: and then say someone who takes kinesiology and then they go to teachers college because everyone in the world wants to be a gym teacher? Um, yeah. <laughs> so w- w- like, w- what's the 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 main difference between your route and then that straightforward? Here's your undergrad,
1: apply to teachers college, hope you get accepted and move forward. What what was the difference? So mine was that. I was able to, because I was already at Lake Ed and they were, they had a big program at a really a four teachers college. Um, I was able to just switch over to have basically the same program. So the same interdisciplinary psychology, sociology program, but there was just an extra year on the end. That was where I do all my teachers college. And then that way at the end of five years, they would hand me two degrees instead of at the end of four years, they, they just give you one. Um, And at the time, it was still that one-year teacher's college model that that they had. And so the time that I switched into that five-year program, I was still able to get into that time frame where, you know, it was still like three or four years left, and I was able to finish in that time frame. But they changed it over, I forget how many years ago it was now, uh, but they changed teacher's college to two years. So anyone going through after like a certain point had to do two years. So if if people apply to that program now, it's actually a six-year program, not a a five-year program. And during that time when I was going there, you would just, yeah, you'd get your kinesiology degree, then you would apply for the one-year teacher's college at whatever university you want to go to. And you would get the, you know, if you get in or not, that's one thing, but then you would, you do one year and then you get a separate degree. Um, now you have to do two years. Like you have to actually like still do your four years, apply and then do another two years. And actually when I was going there, because I got into that five-year program, anyone who had done it the other way where you get your degree first and then apply, um, had to do the two-year program. So I actually had friends who decided at that point that they wanted to go into teaching, but they had to do twice as much teacher's college as me to get the same degree. So it was kind of a weird time for that uh but yeah the the only real difference is that it for me it was all kind of put into one program and then at the end they handed me two degrees so i just didn't have to go through that application process again yeah so basically you were at an institution that
0: had the it's like an integrated program that other schools didn't offer and when you decided to do that five year you got kind of grandfathered in to the one year of teachers college where anyone at who wasn't in that program initially and after the fact had to do the two year. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. And uh, was, was that something like, you know, when you chose Lakehead, was that something that um, you you had thought about that, that option was available or was there different motivations to going to Lakehead? Um, you know, cause everyone's looking at a few different schools before they decide where they're going to go.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it was something that, uh, you know, I, I definitely kept the the teacher thing in the back of my mind and and the teaching program at Lakehead really is definitely like their biggest thing. So I knew that that was kind of there. I didn't apply for teaching. um, But I don't know why, honestly, I, at the time, I kind of wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I knew that they had a a big teaching program there. I also applied to Nipissing, which has another like big teaching program there. Um, But one of the big things for me was that it was close enough to home that like, you know, I could come home, no big deal sometime, but like far enough away that like I lived up there. And like, you know, you my parents bought that townhouse up there and I was able to be living there. And then, you know, my friends came and lived with me and stuff like that. So that was kind of like a really sweet setup there. And then it, it just kind of made the most sense out of everything that uh I would be going there. And and I knew that uh like I said, with the psychology sociology degree i would, I would kind of have to go somewhere else with that and and teaching was always one of those things that I' really considered so what
0: was the uh the the process after you finish all your school now it's time to get a job in Ontario and Canada um, there's not a lot of options out there just for whatever reasons you know there's just a backlog of teachers who are waiting to get employment um, you know and and Europe was something that was fresh in your mind. How does that? How does that come to your mind, and then what's the process for you to go teaching abroad in the UK?
1: Um, well, when I finished, it was like, like you said, I still had that in my mind that I, you know, I I was going to go, so I wasn't looking for anything like to get me a bit of a footing and then, you know, I could go and come back and and kind of have some idea of of what I want to be doing when I come back. But uh, I don't know. I wasn't really like, so I wasn't really applying to like the school boards and things like that, but I was applying to a lot of things where, you know, private school teacher and like tutors, things like that, um, that are kind of related to teaching, but not exactly like teaching in a a classroom or like what would be supply teaching to start off with. Um, And then I kind of just was like, you know what, like the thing, it was kind of same process to why I I did my master's degree. Like, look, if I'm going to really commit to looking for a job in Canada and and really like, you know, do things like tutoring and and all that and work my way up to being an actual teacher, like, I'm not going to want to leave and then, you know, come back to that to essentially start over in some ways. So and I knew if I could go there I'd already been in touch with a bunch of agencies from uh, the UK so I knew I could go there and on my first day have my own classroom. You know it's not exactly what I wanted I wanted to start with uh, supply teaching but I knew they need teachers so bad there that I could just go and with like very minimal um resistance I could just be in my own classroom and after all that schooling it would kind of feel like I actually got to that point of being a teacher. Um, so it was like, you know what? I, I, I should just go because like, if I don't, I am probably not going to like make that, that, uh, sacrifice later on in life to, you know, kind of give everything up to go travel across the world. So, uh, yeah, I just kind of went for it and, uh, it, you know, <laughs> there were times when I was thinking like, maybe it wasn't the smartest des- decision, but at this point I think it was like. It, I'm so happy with what I did. Like, I'm glad I really just kind of went for it. And uh, now I'm in this position where, like, I don't know if I'm going to be going back or not. So, like, it's a really good thing I didn't wait any longer. But, like, not that we could have predicted this virus or anything. But, like, who knows uh, when it's actually going to be a feasible thing to go back there and actually be able to live the life I was living of, you know, go, traveling on weekends and everything. Like, it's no big deal. Like, we don't really know when travel is going to be normal again. So what was the, the the timeline and the process
0: for, you know, cause you got to get your working visa. Um, like how long did it take you for the agency to say, Hey, we have a position. Do you want to get this going and get started? What, what was, what was the timeline on that?
1: Um, so the first time that I actually talked to an agency, cause all the agencies come into all the universities in Camden and, and uh, like go have a little, uh, Day where you know there's a bunch of booths set up in the Commons or whatever, and you can go and talk to people from each of the agencies, and they try to convince you to go to whatever country you know. And a lot of them are from the UK, so I'd gone to a few of those before, where I'd kind of you know got some names and numbers and things like that, exchange a couple emails. Um, But then in December, I think might have been early January of uh, when I was doing my my teacher's college professional year. I actually had an interview with the Canadian um, recruiter for the company I worked for. And so, you know, we, we kind of discussed everything went through like the interview process and all that. So they had all of my information and everything. And it was only a few weeks after that, that I got the offer for the master's program. So that I kind of just said to them like, look, I'm going to take this opportunity. And, you know, I, I, I sometime down the road still want to, work with you, so you know, hopefully that'll work out. And they were like, you know, that's fine, whatever you understand. So then uh it was like, so this is, you know, almost two years later we're talking about now. I go back, email that same company again and say, like, look, I'm still interested, like you still have my information. And they're like, Oh yeah, totally. Like, you know, when do you want to come over? Like you can come over as soon as like all your paperwork's in line, you can come over and start supply work like right away. And that's kind of the way that they pitched it to me was like, cause I had kind of had it in my head that I needed to move at the time of like the beginning of a, a school term. So, you know, I started in September or I started in January, start started in like whenever uh, like late April or something like that. Uh, so I was like, Oh, you know, I kind of have to time this right and everything. And they were like, no, like you, like anytime you show up and you just call us and say like, you can go in to do some supply work. We'll, we'll just send you work. And so I didn't really realize that you can really just like fully just step into it like anytime. Um, so I, at that point, like I, like I said, in that, so the beginning of that year, like January, February, I was kind of looking for jobs a lot. And then near end of February, that was when I was like, okay, hey, you know what? Like, this is not really working out. <laughs> um, I'm going to just go for it. I'm going to apply for the visa process. Like I'm going to try to get the ball rolling on this. So that was like late, February early March and I actually got over there on May 4th I think so the whole thing took about two months between like figuring out what I needed to do I need to get an appointment at the visa office down in Toronto I needed to go like physically be there apply to everything they needed to send it to like New York to be processed to send it back pick it up book my flight all that stuff um Oh, yeah, about two months it, it took me. And you can do it faster. Sometimes it's, it takes a little bit less time than that. But, uh, yeah, it was, like, surprisingly easy. There was, like, a lot of little, like, paperwork things and stuff like that, but surprisingly easy to just, like, move over there and then just be in a in a position where I'm, I'm working right away. And then uh, they always had full-time roles available. So, like, you know, they, my agent would always be calling me, like, hey, this school needs, like, a year three teacher for the rest of the year, like, or starting next year, like, do you want that? And usually I would say no, but uh I did a couple like longer term things. Like when I, I was living there just now, I was in a long-term role at a school that I was hoping to stay until July, but obviously things changed. Um So yeah, no, it was, it was a surprisingly easy process because they need teachers so bad over there. Why is that? Why why is there such a shortage of teachers over there for a, a country that has such a big population? Or is that maybe part of the reason? Um, I don't know all of the reasons, to be honest with you. I do know that they have a lot of trouble um, keeping people in the profession there. Like a lot of teachers over there were fairly young because they burn out so fast because it's a pretty big workload and, you know, it's not great pay like here you know it's very good pay you're in like one of the best unions and you know it's it's the problem we have here is the opposite of that really it's that people don't want to leave the profession once they're in it right even once they retire they come back to supply teaching and stuff because it's such a, a a good gig once you're in but over there like there's kind of unions not really in the same way though like schools are more um Rather than kind of governed and organized by the board they they're a lot more individual like there are like bigger governing bodies, but they're much more like individualized in the ter- in terms of like the the kind of things that they do in their initiatives and the way that they run their school um, so it's it's hard to keep teachers around when you know you're not paying them very good and it's you know it's kind of luck of the draw, depending on where you work, unless you know the school before going in, you know, I know I've heard horror stories of people who agree to have a full-time position at some school over there before they leave Canada. And then it ends up being some terrible school that, you know, they, they can't keep teachers there. So they're recruiting people from overseas (laughs) to come in blindly and and try to take these positions at these,
0: these
1: really difficult schools. Um, So I think, yeah, when it comes down to it, it's just it's not as uh, lucrative of a career over there as it is here. So overall, what's the what's the main purpose of
0: being there is to get that experience to get the, you know, in the teaching role, but also the experience of living abroad. It's a different way to, to see the world rather than just saying, OK, I'm going to take my two months holidays and I'll, you know, I'll do a week here and a week there and I'll wait till next year to do the rest. Is that what really your purpose was for going over there?
1: Um, yeah, that was one of the big things i mean it it was kind of for both really It was like two birds one stone sort of thing like I was able to get a lot of meaningful experience like in classrooms being a teacher in a classroom um which you know looks great on the c v obviously and and great for me as as like my confidence as a teacher now is has changed dramatically in the past year um I'm much more comfortable in in the position now. And, you know, that's a huge thing. Like, I don't know if, if I was able to do that here, I don't know for sure that I would go over there. But having said that, like from the beginning, the biggest part to me, like when I was, you know, thinking about this, like, you know, when I was 21, 22, I wasn't thinking like, Oh, I want to go over there and like get some teaching experience. It was like, Oh, I want to go (laughs) travel. Right. Like, I want to go to another country, live there and like have those experiences of just living in another country and and being able to do so much travel so easily. And it wasn't even so much like to live in a a different place because London isn't like dramatically different from like Toronto. Um, But like we're talking about those weekend trips and stuff like that, to be able to do so much in such a short amount of time, like that was... Probably, if I'm being honest, probably the biggest reason why I went there and the teaching was was a great bonus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So in your first year of being there, where'd you go? Like, what
0: are some of the, the places you got to see and you know, the experience you got to have?
1: So when I first moved there, um it was a lot of like going around just London, honestly, like it's such a big city and, and there's so much to do, so much to see. There's still a lot of, like, the big tourist stuff in London that I haven't done yet because I just, A, I thought I had more time, B, like, there's just so much. Um, So, yeah, I did a lot of, like, the touristy London stuff or, like, your, you know, typical London experience things, uh, a lot of going to pubs. Uh, And then I kind of branched out a little bit more to, like, I went down to Brighton, which is the little beach town south of London and uh bath where the Roman baths are and just little things that are like you know like Windsor Castle things that are just outside of London and uh, actually so I did take one trip right off like it was like two weeks after I moved there um, so my friend and I who actually we didn't know each other when we, we moved there like I met her in my master's program at Lakehead and then we kind of like talked a couple times just were like Facebook friends after that and then I moved there like I said I moved there at a weird time of year it wasn't like an actual like start of term or anything it was like May 4th and she had posted on Facebook like that same day or the day after like hey I just moved to London like you know (laughs) crazy experience and I was like hey I messaged her like hey like I also just moved to London like today that's crazy um so and now like it was you know perfect timing and then so we've done a lot of trips together and stuff like that you know we're like really really good friends now but uh that's how that kind of all started and and we hung out like a couple days after that and we're like you want to go to Amsterdam during that like week break that there is in May we're like yeah let's go to Amsterdam so it was just like I had lived there for like two weeks and then I went off to Amsterdam for like three days and uh that was a fun place then After that, I didn't do a whole lot of traveling because I was kind of broke and it was leading into summer where I was going to be off for like six weeks with no pay. So it was a little bit like, you know, like I said, that London kind of like stuff I didn't have to pay too much for. And then uh, I went to a big music festival in uh, late August, uh, Reading Festival, which is just outside of London. And that was amazing like the foo fighters headline there and it was just like it was unreal actually i volunteered there so i kind of like worked there so i got to go in like all the like uh employee only areas and stuff like that besides like <laughs> behind the main stage cuz i don't know i tried being a writer. um yeah <laughs> um so yeah i did that and then in uh september i went to edinburgh which was amazing that was just a weekend trip october um I went with my parents to uh, because they flew over to London, spent a couple of days there. Then we went to Rome for a few days, and then like the southern coast in Italy for a couple of days, down near Pompeii and stuff. That was amazing. Then uh, and Dublin, and which is obviously in Ireland, and Cardiff, which is in Wales, and uh, then Paris and uh, Morocco was the latest trip. So. And right now, I would they're on their Easter break right now over there. So I would have been traveling right now as well. I don't even know where I would have been. But uh, yeah, <laughs> kind of a change of pace now.
0: Do, do more traveling in a year just by living over there teaching than most people do within their entire lives. So, wh- I remember you saying too, like airfare from London to Dublin is like dirt cheap as well. Like for a round trip, it's like 100 pounds you can get or something like that.
1: Oh, less than that even. Honestly, I paid like, I think – 60 or 70 pounds and that was like a lot because we kind of booked it last minute we booked it like the weekend before but someone else that we'd run into on that uh trip said that they got their one way from london for 15 pounds oh my god yeah so you know (laughs) we're talking like 23 24 dollars wow yeah it's only you know it's it's totally reasonable to be there working and like living in london is expensive but, like, it's it's totally doable to, to be able to afford all this, like, travel on weekends and stuff, which sounds, like, so extravagant. Like, you know, you go to Paris on the weekend or something like that. But if you, you know, you you book at the right time for the trains or the planes or whatever, and you just stay in hostels, it's, you know, well, cheaper like, than for us, like, going to Niagara Falls for a weekend.
0: Well, I was just about to say, like, in Toronto, you can spend 2000 a month on rent for a small place like a studio bachelor and then say okay well let's go to montreal and if you fly there it's about 700 hundred dollar round trip plus your hotel plus your your spending money or if you drive yeah. there you save on the gas or what you, you save because you're driving and you're just paying for the gas and then you know but still it's running you like a, over say for you know like a whole week over a thousand dollars yeah you know for for i mean sorry just for a weekend never, yeah, mind, yeah, never yeah. mind a week because you're not going to go from Toronto to Montreal and say yeah, I'm going to spend a week in Montreal usually two three days will do it for you but mm-hmm. here you can do like a whole week's vacation and you know it's not hit, not hitting you that hard so that's definitely a huge perk for being over there What what's some of the more um, what, what, like if you were there now what, like where would your next place be like where would you really want to go just based on you know the it's a tourist destination it's cheap to go to stuff like that
1: um I still haven't done a lot of mainland Europe. So I definitely want to see a few places in Germany and Spain, Portugal. Um, but in terms of places that are really cheap to go, um, I was talking about going back to Amsterdam actually uh, sometime in May. So that, cause it's like, you know, less than an hour flight from one and it's so close. Um, and it, that's a very, very touristy place. Like the whole, like, city centers all based around like tourism and and just stuff for tourists to do so it's a good time but uh the one we were actually talking about doing so my friend um who i lived with there who also didn't know when i moved over there um i moved into a place with like seven people it was crazy at first but uh one of them was another canadian teacher and she's from Coburg actually and uh so we were you know also like best friends once we lived together and everything we're in the same sort of experience together and we had done some trips she was there uh, like in paris and morocco as well and we were talking about going to iceland um, wow for the, yeah so uh that would have been a cool trip as well but uh I don't know. If that would have even happened or not is another thing. Now it, it doesn't really matter, right? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. We were definitely throwing a curveball here by the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: So so now we like you've gone through that. Um if things if this whole COVID nineteen thing doesn't happen, how much longer would you uh you know, does your visa last? What what what's kind of the game plan? Or do you do you re-up and maybe stay a bit longer? Um, do you come back home and maybe say, okay Uh, it's time to start, you know, going to the school board and, and, you know, getting a more lucrative deal that we were talking about earlier. Like what, what was, what's the
1: mindset there or was more just live in the moment? Um, Well, I had planned, so my visa is good until next April. So the one I'm on is a two year, uh, it's called the youth mobility visa. So anyone under 30 um, can apply for this to, to, fairly easily get in for two years so you just have to be able to like work and support yourself and stuff um and you can live there for two years fairly easily so my plan was for sure to stay until next april um after that i hadn't like fully planned it out yet i was thinking about you know traveling somewhere else to to teach as well like possibly somewhere in southeast asia i know a lot of people go there to uh like make decent money Um, or, you know, I, I hadn't really thought that far ahead, I guess, like I hadn't actually put any, any sort of plan in motion. Um, but yeah, I was, I was for sure going to stay in the UK to to ride that out. Um, and then depending on where I was, like to get, to extend the visa, I need to get a school to sponsor me to stay there and they need to pay a, a fairly big chunk of money to, um, be able to, to keep me on and, and to, uh, sponsor me to live in the country. And so most of those places, when, when you go through that process, they're looking for like two to three year contracts. And so I, you know, I definitely want to live for like maybe another year there. I don't know if I want to commit to like two, three more years. So uh, that's, I guess, still something that I, I can cross that bridge if I get to it. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely want to get more time back there if I could, for sure. I wasn't planning on leaving. So it kind of sucks to be back in that sense. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, a lot of, you know, teachers who are looking for opportunity, like who are from North America, they seem to get sucked into going to the places that, you know, Oh, well go teach English because there's a lot of, you know, they're teaching that as a second language or what have you. Um, What's the pros and cons between the two? Like you you go to somewhere where English is the first language. Um, why not, you know, why not to another another country where you have to teach English? Is that just, you know, because of the preference? That's something you don't want to really be engaging in is to teach English as a second language. Um, was it just the opportunity because the UK is up on your, that's one of your top places that you'd wanted to go. But there are still kids or not kids, but a, a lot of college uh, graduates who to get into it right away, that's the first thing they take is I'll go teaching English in Asia or you know the Philippines mm. or what have you. Um what what about those options?
1: So for that, uh, I know um some of the people I've talked to have said a regular university degree. A lot of places over there will still take you as as a um English teacher, like an English as a second language teacher, because they, you know, you don't need to have a, a an actual specific teaching degree for that. Whereas to teach in the UK, um, you do need to be like a qualified teacher in whatever country you're coming from. So I did need to prove to them that, you know, I got my teaching degree here. I, I'm part of uh, the Ontario College of Teachers and stuff like that. So it is it's easier for people who want to get right into it and, and don't have that teaching degree yet to just go somewhere where they're teaching English as a second language. Um, and you know, not all those places are the same. Like I know some people who have gone over there who, who have extensive education, um, degrees and things. So, it, but there are those opportunities there. Um, and money wise I've heard it's, it's good because a lot of places, um, in like china and south korea i haven't really looked into it so i don't know the extent of that this is just what i'm i've kind of learned from talking to other people who've done it or who've looked into doing it and that um i mean as long as you have a university degree i think a lot of places will take you i don't know if there are places that recognize like different levels of degrees and things like that I'm, i'm sure there's a huge like variance between whatever country you want to go to whatever uh school you're going to specifically um but yeah that's one of the main differences is is your qualifications and then also just money like i was saying uh living in london is pretty expensive so you know there's not a lot of opportunity to be working there and kind of banking money to take home with you whereas i know some people who've gone to work in in china and south korea and that uh, they come home with, with quite a good chunk of change. So it's a, a bit, just a bit of a different purpose to the trip, I guess. Whereas for me, it's, it's a lot about the, uh, the traveling as well. So don't really save a lot that
0: way. Oh, absolutely. So to wrap up, uh, cause we're just about out of time. Uh, the final question I'll ask you is what is the advice you would give to someone who is looking at teaching as a career, you know, obviously, like with us being in Ontario, Canada, there's the big thing of oh, it's really hard to get jobs. But you know, you, you can't take that dream away from someone. So, what would your advice be to someone who's getting out of high school, going to university, or in university, applying for teacher's college? What advice would you give to those people so that they uh, they know what their options are and they know how to get into that gig right away?
1: Um, I would say to keep your options open and kind of keep your mind open to opportunities that aren't teaching in the, um, like school system here, you know, teaching can take you a lot of different ways that are beyond just, you know, being in a public school classroom in Ontario. Um, there's a lot of opportunities abroad, obviously, like we've talked about. And I think if, if someone has any sort of like, um, desire in them to do that, like it's such a good opportunity to go into teaching and to have that as something that it will bring you all over the world to, to places where they need teachers. It's, it's a really good um, opportunity that way. And also just, like I said, anything that is not um, teaching in a classroom, like don't, don't just rule that kind of thing out. Like keep your, your mind open to different opportunities and you don't really know where it'll take you. I mean, I'm still really early on in my career, so I can't really, Offer too much in in terms of like actual experience, but I just know people I went to Teachers College with, and and uh, you know other just other people I've, I've heard from can take that teaching degree and and kind of go in different directions with it, and uh, it's it's a great it's a great thing to have for sure. Um, so. Yeah, I don't know. I Like I said, early on in my, uh, in my career, so I can't offer too many words of wisdom, but I would definitely say if you want to travel, go for it. Like use that to your advantage and go for it.
0: Keep your options open. Keep an open mind. We're hearing a lot of these repeat from coaches, people in successful professions, all that. It's all the same simple, successful secrets that are out there. It's just, you have to take them and start applying them. Robbie, I really appreciate you being on the show today. This was awesome. I know it's like the information that I've gotten. It makes me kind of think like, wow, I wish I would have done that because I think that would have been a really cool experience, especially when you're doing it in your 20s without a doubt. But uh, thanks for being on the show. And I'm really happy that uh, you took the time out of your self-isolation to uh, contribute to to the podcast. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. It's been good. This is Scott McDonald with the Real Experience Student Athlete Podcast, signing out.